While the team's giving all they got against the opponent, he's giving all he's got on the airwaves. Give me all you got! Give me all you got! It's the Great Scott Show with Scott Prather on ESPN Lafayette, the best ticket in sports. Welcome back into the Great Scott Show. Give me all you got Friday. Joining me now, former Boston College coach, coached at Maryland, Texas A&M, and more. He has worked with tons of NBA players. That'd be Coach Scott Spinelli, friend of the program. We've talked college hoops with him. We're going to talk a little pro hoops with him this morning. Good morning, Coach. How's life? How you doing? Doing great, Scott. Thanks for having me. Uh, all is well up here. Uh, you know, as you know, up in Boston, a lot of excitement right now around Boston. Yeah, let's let's dig right into it. Celtics trying to go up three one tonight. Warriors are going to try to even this series. I I want your perspective as a coach. If if you think what I'm about to say is is off base, or if if you agree with me, I I was talking earlier in my show back last hour, beginning of the show that I, I feel like way too much analysis, if you will, from the media is being put into things like Draymond Green's podcast or or a crowd of fans, you know, saying the F word as opposed to, you know, that's 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 not that has nothing to do with what's actually happening on the floor here to try to turn that into, well, this is having an impact on the series. I don't buy it. I, I And one of the reasons I wanted to have you on was to break more of the X's and O's of what's going on. But do you feel like Draymond's podcast or, or how fans are acting deserves maybe as much press as it gets as opposed to what's happening in the actual game? Uh, no, I, I don't think that has any relevance at all to Thank what's you. going on uh, on the floor. I agree with you, Scott. I Look, you know, we all know um, fans, especially Boston and some of the venues around NBA, NFL, uh, you know, every sport for that matter, you know, there's hostility and you're going to have to kind of live with some of that. And as far as one of the players communicating some of his ideas or strategies, you know, that's, uh, you know, totally up to him, but that doesn't determine any of this, the outcome of what's going on on the court. I don't think. What has been the biggest key for Boston so far in this series to be up two games to one? Well, look, it's been a series of adjustments, right? And let's think back to game one where it actually was Golden State's uh, defensive approach that kind of enabled the Celtics to take advantage of what they did in game one. And that was Golden State basically defended, really helped off of Horford, uh, and made him a three-point shooter. And he made six of them in that game with six of eight. Uh, and that really determined the outcome of the game, to be honest. In the second game, Golden State said, we're not going to approach it defensively like that. We're going to really get up the pressure of the basketball. We're going to make the Celtics beat us off the dribble and score it from the two-point line. And in game two, the Celtics had no real adjustment, and that helped Golden State get the victory. Game three... Golden State came out with that same attack defensively, and the Celtics this time just drove the basketball, and Golden State really didn't do anything in terms of their uh, one-pass-away positioning. They weren't at the elbows, boxes. There was really no help side defense or weak side rotations, and they were literally getting to the rim, and the difference in the game was the, the points in the paint. I mean, again, 56 points, I believe, in the paint 
in that game, and that was the difference. So, look, it's been a series of adjustments on that side of, of the ball, and there's been other things, too, that we can get to here. But those are the things that I think stand out right now as it relates to the adjustments on both ends. Are you surprised at how poorly Draymond Green has played in this series by his standards? Look, you know what? I can't tell you this. Uh, you know, For me, Draymond Green is a star in his role. And his role, and I think it really changed the Golden State uh, team this year um, in terms of where they are today. Look, they were playing Looney. They were playing bigger. When they inserted Draymond at the five, uh, he almost becomes a point guard, a point five man out there where he makes every right play for his team. He's got a tremendous basketball IQ. Uh, he's very willing to make that right play. He's not as concerned about scoring. Uh, if the opportunity comes, of course, he'll look to do that. Uh, but having him out there and, and being able to pass, dribble, and shoot, uh, it, it really became a matchup nightmare for the opposition. And, uh, you know, look, I, I think last game what was disappointing in terms of his performance to me was the defensive intensity. I, I think you saw that game too. First possession, he ties Horford up, uh, really was physical with him this game you know just like a lot of the other guys in Golden State but I think it starts with Draymond because I think his team looks for him for that leadership that energy um, that defensive intensity and a physicality on both ends and he was getting blown by off the dribble last game by various Celtics and I think again that was what was disappointing but he is so important to their team that chip on his shoulder, that infectious energy, that swagger, that toughness, and I think his, the players on his team feed off it. And certainly he had a really good game, too, in terms of what he did impacting the game. But this game, this last game, game three, he wasn't himself. But they're going to need him here tonight if they're going to have any chance. No doubt about it. ESPN Lafayette, best ticket in sports. Another aspect of this series, and you could speak more to this, Coach, about specifically the Boston Celtics, but I was thinking about recent NBA champions and the last time a team won a championship that didn't have a top five player or, or, you know, Jason Tatum, is he, is he a top 10 player? Probably this season. He certainly was, but in this series, he hasn't been yet. And that's not a knock on him. Right. Um, you know, he's, but he's missed about a third of his shots. Um, I think, you know, Jalen Brown has played better so far in these finals. Again, not a knock at all on Jason Tatum. I'm going somewhere with this because I think he's been good. But like being the, I, I had to go back to the you know the Pistons in '04, who ended up having four All Stars on that team, but not that season. The only one that season was was Ben Wallace. But a team that wasn't defined in the championship by sort of a singular performer, the way you know Giannis was last year, right? Or or Dirk in 2011. I mean, we can go. LeBron, Curry, uh, Kawhi, his year in Toronto. You know, Shaq, Kobe, Tim Duncan. Maybe, maybe, maybe the 2014 Spurs because Tim was was you know much older and Kawhi wasn't the player he was yet. Maybe that's another good example. But in terms of recent NBA champions, you don't have that many where you know the the best player was was not as good as you've seen, and that can certainly change. We're only three games into it, and yet that team is still performing really really well what do you make of jason tatum's performance thus far in the finals and maybe this postseason and how boston is still excelling at at the highest level right now 
Look, I think with the Boston Celtics, first of all, let's talk about the coaching job that Coach Ime Adoka and his staff have done, uh, which has been truly remarkable uh, to me, uh, as well as what Brad Stevens, in terms of completing this roster, I, I obviously, you know, Danny Ainge had the foundation in place, but uh, Brad Stevens really, you know, really completed this roster by making some key moves. So I think their team is is equipped to uh, be what I think is most important in, in the NBA or basketball in general today is they have tremendous versatility. They can play small, they can play big, um, and they also have a lot of skilled, savvy guys who can pass, dribble, and shoot. And I think that is why the Celtics are so dangerous right now in terms of uh, who they are as a team. And so to your point about Jason Tatum, look, you know, he's a, to me he's a star, um, but I think what's been very impressive about Jason Tatum, especially throughout these playoffs, him and Jalen Brown, is they're making the right basketball play. If the defense dictates to them to drive the ball, if it dictates to them to help comes, they're making the extra pass. And I think when you can have a team of this caliber and you have two of your best players, guys that, you know, ISO guys that can probably get their shot off against anybody, but they're willing to make the right play, the, the better shot, the best shot. There's a big difference between a good shot and a great shot. And I think the Celtics have really shown that they're an exceptional team. And to Tatum's credit, to Brown's credit, those guys are stars in their roles, but they've made these other guys now more confident. They've shown their belief in their teammates. And I think that's been a huge part of the Celtics' success thus far uh, in the playoffs. They don't seem like they're uh... – as as top heavy in terms of sort of super elite talent, but in terms of entire roster, they're maybe the deepest roster in the league. So uh, looking at how they handled the Nets and just attacked the weaker part of that roster, and you know Nets very top heavy roster, right? Uh, they they attack Miami's weaknesses in that series. If Boston wins this series, do you see this potentially becoming a trend in the league where? Teams aren't trying to maybe be as top-heavy. You know, teams that, that, that are saying, look, if we win a championship, let's go this Boston model. Do you think we could see some copycats if Boston's able to hang on here? Because, again, there's still plenty of basketball left to be played. Well, look, the four teams that were left here in the, in the finals, the conference finals, all four, if you look at those teams, and, and even Milwaukee, I get it, Giannis, they obviously Miss Middleton, uh, Dallas, um, you know, um, is you know obviously a team that's got you know some superstars, as you know. But I think all four teams play the right way, and I mean that by saying this: there is star power on all four of those teams. And I think what's made all four of those teams successful and have been able to be, you know, in these positions, and now you're looking at these two teams, is they've got a team that's been put together with again versatility with guys who are willing to make the right play. They play as a team. Look, so often you look in the NBA and you see a superstar, and if that superstar is just about, hey, look, I'm going to take the shot, I'm gonna, whether it's, there's, it's not the right play, I'm still getting my shot off here because that's who I am and I've got to take that mindset. I'm not necessarily sure that's the best way of winning uh, in this NBA, the way the NBA now is being, uh, in terms of the teams being uh, put together, because that three-point line um, is a, a huge factor now 
the great equalizer in all of basketball. So I think the game has changed, but I do think these teams have been put together with the type of, of, of roster that really makes the right play on both ends of the floor. And I think you cannot put a value. Look, the game of basketball is about percentages. What team can get the most open shots uh, in a game without having another team, you know, contesting high hand, top foot, high hand, and those shots, your percentages go down. And I think the Celtics have shown that they can do that um, through their, even creating it through their defense at times, but offensively they make the right play. And the same thing with Golden State. Coach Scott Spinelli, our guest, great stuff, great analysis. Um, and, you know, the injury factor as well. I know every team's dealt with him here, but you know, Chris Middleton's a guy you coached, a guy you know well. Perhaps if he plays in the Milwaukee-Boston series, maybe it ends up different. But that's part of it. That's life in the NBA. You You deal with it. You have it. It is what it is. I mean, you have to have great basketball. You have to have some injury luck, and the ball has to bounce your way. A lot has to happen to be crowned a champion, and I think a lot's still going to happen in this series. What do you think unfolds tonight and moving forward here in this NBA Finals? Uh, you know, I, my heart is with Boston. I'm really rooting for them. Just again, being you know homegrown, brought up out here. You just you know you live uh, you know and, and really support the pro sports uh, you know teams in this area. Um, however, however, I, I got to tell you, until you can upend a championship team uh, like Golden State, now the Celtics did do it with Milwaukee, to your point. It might have been a little bit abbreviated, but they still did it. Um, I'm still leaning towards Golden State. As long as, you know, Curry's playing and they're healthy, I still think the Celtics are going to have to really beat a team that's got championship lineage, once a champion always a champion, and that's not an easy task. But I think tonight's game, you're going to see Golden State come out with that same intensity, that sense of urgency, that back-to-the-wall mentality, and that championship pedigree should come out tonight. If it doesn't, then, again, Boston's going to be in a great place to win this series. But I still like, again, just because of their championship pedigree, I still like Golden State. Coach Scott Spinelli has been our guest. Final question for you, Coach, and this one, it's okay if you, you know I'm kind of putting you on the spot because their season ended literally six weeks ago today. It tells you how long the postseason is. You know, we're down here in South Louisiana. The Pelicans, a team that started out rough, came together. Um, Willie Green coached his tail off. Great chemistry. They get in through the play-in. They give the Suns all they want. Zion didn't play at all this season, right? He's healthy now. What do you make of the Pelicans' future and, you know, just that that team when you see the makeup of it right now? And then we'll let you run. Well, first of all, what they've done down there, starting with, to your point about Coach Green, he's done an unbelievable job at kind of changing the culture. And look, David Griffin and his entire uh, front office, you know, uh, Bryson, Graham, Trajan Lake, they've done an unbelievable job, too, uh, at really evaluating guys and putting a roster together, even without one of their top picks this year, was able to advance and push the top seed in the West all the way to a game seven. So what they've done is really impressive. But let's talk about Coach Green, right? Here's a coach that comes in, goes through some adversity early, and really holds true to who he is. And I think the key word to me as a coach, and you've got to respect this, the job that he did, was the, the word accountability. I think he held his guys accountable. 
I think he coached them in a way that he wasn't demeaning. He was, you know, he was a guy that was giving them tough love but instilling confidence. And I think when you hold guys accountable and you've got guys out there that were second-round draft choices like Alvarado, who first-round draft choices were sitting the bench late in some of those games, you're showing your team you're about winning, and you're going to reward the guys who you're holding them accountable for their, what, their, what their job is to do. And I think you can't help but respect that as a player. I love that as a coach. That's who, again, you know, if you look at coaching, that's what it should be. And I think you've got to really tip your hat to Coach Green and his staff and what they did down there at holding those guys accountable and getting the best out of each one of those guys. Great stuff from Coach Scott Spinelli, former guard for the Terriers of Boston University and over 30 years coaching in college hoops. Uh, I really appreciate it and worked in the NBA as well. I don't want to leave that out either. He's got a wealth of basketball knowledge. Love talking ball with you, Coach. Enjoy the game tonight. Enjoy the weekend, and uh, I'd love to talk to you again sometime in the future. Thank you for having me again, Scott. Have a great weekend. You too. Great stuff. Great way to wrap up the show, Coach Scott Spinelli.